It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it to Friday. Welcome into Spears on Sports. I love Friday. Friday's the best day of the week, except for Saturday and maybe Sunday and maybe holiday. But we made it to a Friday. Welcome into Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio, Friday, May 27th, which reminds me, happy birthday to my eldest daughter, Sydney. She turns 30 today. The big 3-0. And all that does, and I love her, but all that does is make me feel old. It just makes me feel old. Maybe I am old. I'd like to say I'm older and wiser, but I think I'm just older. So happy birthday, Sydney. Hope you have a great day. Had a little surprise party for her at a friend's house yesterday, and uh, everything went great. So things are good. The uh, Eminem Cartage Hotline's open, 384-1450. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, 384-1450. Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. Don't forget, Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like fresh coffee, delicious donuts, Visit our friends at Thornton's and hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. I got a lot of grief yesterday after the show uh, about my baseball movies because I only listed the top eight baseball movies by votes that I got from all the celebrities and media members and friends that I tweeted, that I texted to. I tallied them up, and I gave you the top eight. One to eight, it was Bull Durham, Major League, Field of Dreams, Sandlot, The Natural, League of Their Own, Moneyball, and 42. Those were the top eight. But I got some texts. I got a phone call, actually. Hey, what about fill in the blank? What about this movie? How come you didn't mention this? Okay. I understand there's a lot of baseball movies. So I'm going to go back, and I'm going to tell you every movie that got a vote. I think that's fair. Every movie that got a vote, a top three vote, some of them you won't believe. Next week, it will be time for basketball movies. Next Thursday's show, mark it on your calendar now, basketball, greatest basketball movies of all time. I think, just as I use my seldom used brain, I think there are a lot fewer, a lot less basketball movies to choose from, but maybe I'm wrong. We'll see next week. So we'll get to that. Uh, Not a good day for local college baseball yesterday. Louisville lost to Georgia Tech 9-4. The cards will probably fall out of that top eight line where you would be able to host a sub-regional and a regional. They're still going to host a sub-regional with four teams, but I don't think they're going to be a high enough seed, a top eight seed, where they would be able to host a regional. So if they will, if they are able to get out of their own sub-regional, then they would have to go on the road in a two out of three series against one of the top eight teams remaining, uh, unless one of those teams gets upset. So we'll see what happens. Long way to go here. Kentucky lost to LSU, eleven to six. That game ended at two twenty-three a.m. I made it through the third inning. It was three to two LSU, and I just couldn't go anymore. 223. Now, weather has been a big factor. Uh, I think they're in Hoover, Alabama. It's been a big factor here 
in a lot of these uh, conference tournaments, but uh, they'll play at 2 o'clock again today. So an 11-and-a-half-hour turnaround, Kentucky in an elimination game against Vanderbilt, who lost to Tennessee yesterday. Uh, and then Maryland beats Indiana, another weather-delayed game, finished, um, I don't know, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock last night. It was on the Big Ten Network, 6-5, 11 innings there. Um, so the Hoosiers, I, I, I got to check, see if they play again today. See if that's a double elimination. But they lose to Maryland 6-5 in 11 innings. Some football news, college football news, uh, schedules, game times, and networks for the first three games of each of the local schools, Kentucky, Louisville, Indiana, came out yesterday. We'll talk about that. Something I didn't get to yesterday was Colin Kaepernick's tryout, workout for the L.A. Raiders, just theater. Was this just theater? Was this the Raiders kind of pulling the wool over everybody's eyes by bringing in Cap for a workout? I'll discuss that. We start with the NBA. Uh, by the way, bats rained out last night. Doubleheader tonight right here. on uh, No doubleheader. Single game tonight. The doubleheader is Saturday. That's right. Thank you, Douglas. He is on top of things. It's Friday. You're not supposed to be listening to me on Friday. Take the day off. Just punch the bu right buttons, but take the day off. Uh, single game tonight. Doubleheader Saturday. 7.05 tonight. Louisville against Omaha after the rain out last night. 6.35 pregame with uh, Nick Kern and Jim Couch. All right, NBA last night. Golden State punches their ticket to the NBA Finals. They beat Dallas 120-110. to 110. They win the series four games to one. And the Warriors advance to the sixth Finals in the past eight seasons. That's pretty good. Now, the other two years, they didn't even make the playoffs. They made a play-in game last year but lost and didn't make the playoffs at all. Did they tank? Eh, we don't like using that word. But two years ago, they sort of tanked and didn't make the playoffs. But six out of eight years, the only other three teams that have ever done that were the Michael Jordan Bulls, the Magic Johnson Lakers, and the Bill Russell Celtics. At least six finals in eight years. Warriors become the fourth team to do that. That is really impressive. Really impressive. Klay Thompson? I don't want to say he's fully back. 32 points last night, 8 of 16 from three-point land. He was really good. Uh, but you can tell he's still not quite, not quite the Clay Thompson of three years ago. Remember, in the finals three years ago, he uh, tore his ACL. As soon as he was recovered from that, tore his Achilles. Uh, a year ago today... Or a year ago yesterday, he said he had just started jogging. Just started to get up on his feet and run a little bit and take some stationary shots, not jump shots. Here we are one year later, and he helps the Warriors get to the NBA Finals. Andrew Wiggins had 18 points, 10 rebounds. What a pickup he's been. What a trade for Andrew Wiggins. Um, remember... You don't remember this trade because it happened in the offseason. Nobody paid a whole lot of attention to it. Kemba Walker, yes, he was a warrior at one point, was traded to the Timberwolves at the time for Andrew Wiggins and a draft pick. That draft pick, by the way, turned out to be John, uh, Jonathan Kaminga. Pretty good. And Wiggins, who was a former number one overall pick, 
had not lived up to his expectations, he now has found a niche, his niche, with the Golden State Warriors. 18-10 and 10 last night. Draymond Green had 17. Curry, 15. Curry was MVP of the uh, Western Conference Finals. Uh, Luka Doncic only had six in the first half. He finished with 28. Spencer Dinwiddie, 26 for Dallas. Uh, look, the better team won here, bottom line. And if you're Dallas moving forward, you got to get a second fiddle for Luka Doncic. He's great. He might be second best player in the NBA, third best. I mean, I think we can all agree at this point, Giannis Antetokounmpo in Milwaukee is the best player. Second best player, uh, Embiid, Jokic, Curry. I think you can make an argument for a lot of those guys, but Luka Doncic is right up there in the argument. By the way, speaking of uh, Nikola Jokic from Denver, he uh, paved the way this morning with some comments. He said, I'm staying in Denver, and I'm going to sign the max extension. 260 million donuts coming Nikola Jokic's way. But as far as Luka is concerned, he needs a number two guy. This year it was Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson's a really good player. He's also a free agent. If the Mavericks want to keep Jalen Brunson, they're going to have to pay him about $25 million a year over the next four seasons. Is he worth it? Is he the guy that can help get you to the title? Or do you go elsewhere? Do you try to find a free agent, Paul George, that can help Luka Doncic get a little further down the road? This was a year for Dallas. This wasn't expected. Right? Luke is great, but they weren't supposed to be in the Western Conference Finals. That was an upset. They beat Phoenix. Phoenix was the number one seed. Phoenix laid a couple of eggs here. They were not good. And Dallas took advantage. But it was clear in this five-game stretch, Golden State was by far the better team. They had by far the most talent with Steph and Clay and Draymond and Andrew Wiggins among others, Jordan Poole, Kevon Looney. They had the best team, the better of the two teams, I should say. They had the better team. They could have won it in four. Game four was a giveaway game. We're not at home. Yes, we, we'd love to finish it off here, but you know what? If we don't, we don't. We go back home. We'll finish them off on Thursday. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. And it's a feel-good story for Clay Thompson. He missed two and a half years. Remember, he didn't come back really fully till January. And he's gotten a little better and a little better and a little better. He's still not the old Clay Thompson. Very few people are who they were before an Achilles tear, a ruptured Achilles. That's a tough one to come back from. That's a difficult injury to come back from. But he was great last night. Kevon Looney was great. He had 18 rebounds last night. A lot of them on the offensive end. Seven of them on the offensive end. And Dallas cut the lead late in the third quarter to eight. It was a 25-point lead. We see this in the NBA all the time. It's more dramatic when it happens in the playoffs. But it was a 25-point game. It was over, Alice. It was over. And here came, here, here comes the, uh, the Mavericks. I think they had a 14-0 run. They cut it to eight late in the third quarter. 
gave themselves a shot, but it looked like they just ran out of gas. Luka Doncic, let's see how many minutes he played last night because it just looked like he ran out of gas. He played 39 minutes last night. Dorian Finney-Smith played 39 minutes last night. Reggie Bullock played 37 minutes. So they were running on fumes there at the end. And a lot of that is the fact that it's a it's a flawed team. It's a flawed team, especially off the bench. Spencer Dinwiddie was great. At five out of seven threes, he had thir- he had 26 points in 32 minutes, but the rest of that bench last night non-existent, non-existent. Maxi Kleber, I mean, I guess you could say he was existent because he had seven points and eight rebounds. But for the most part, this this series was kind of over, and this is kind of mean to say, but this series ended when Dallas beat Phoenix because Dallas wasn't going to beat Golden State. Phoenix may have given Golden State a run for their money. Dallas wasn't going to beat Golden State. They just weren't. And now if you're Mark Cuban – you got to go find a second horse here. You got to go find a – you got the win horse. You got to find a place horse. And if you can keep Jalen Brunson, if you want to pay that kind of money, he's, he's just going to be your show horse. He's not going to be your place horse. He's going to be your third. He's going to be your point guard. Take some of the pressure off of Luka. Don't make him handle the ball every time down the court. Give him a little rest here and there. But you got to get that second guy that's consistent. Spencer Dinwiddie had some great games this season. So did Jalen Brunson. But they're not consistent. They need a a free agent or trade. I don't know if they got enough trade capital to get anybody any good. But they're going to need somebody to help Luka Doncic. It's that simple. Jordan Poole had 16 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists off the bench for uh, the Warriors last night, Moses Moody, the old Arkansas guard, seven points all in the first half. They they get a lot of contributions. Now, they had some guys play some serious minutes last night as well. Uh, Andrew, Andrew Wiggins played 40. He went 40 minutes out of 48. He went a, a four. Wow, that's a lot. Klay Thompson, 37. Curry, 34. So they played a lot of minutes. They wanted to get it over with. I said yesterday I said take the Warriors, give the seven, and they did. They got it over with. Now, I took the Warriors. I gave the seven, and at the end of the game, <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Dallas threw up the white flag first with about two and a half minutes to go. Put all their subs in. One more possession for the Warriors. They put all their subs in. Now it's a 13-point game. I'm given seven, and there's about two minutes left for me to lose this game. (laughs) And what happens? Trey Burks, who hasn't played the whole game, hits a three for Dallas, cuts it to ten. I'm like, oh, here we go. Here we go. That's why these – Vegas is so good. Vegas is so good. Tonight, Boston – and Miami in the TD Garden. Celtics can close out the heat at home. Um, ESPN, by the way, 830. Boston's eight-and-a-half-point favorite. I, I will tell you now I'm taking Miami here. I'm taking Miami. 
Jimmy Butler's going to play. He's not on the injured list at all. They got a lot of guys listed as questionable, including Tyler Hero. I don't know if his groin injury is going to allow him to play tonight. They need him. My guess is, since it's an elimination game, they're going to get out everybody they can on the floor, including Tyler Hero. But P.J. Tucker's banged up. Jimmy Butler's banged up. Kyle Lowry's still dealing with a hamstring. These guys, are they're beat up. But I'm going to take Miami in the eight and a half because that's what that's what happens in these games. I, I fully expect Boston to get out to a 15, 18-point lead by the middle of the second quarter, maybe halftime, maybe early third quarter. But desperation sets in, and the three-point shot keeps teams in the game. It can knock you out of the game if you miss them. It can keep you in the game if you make them. And I think Miami will make enough tonight to make the score respectable at the end, and I'm taking the eight and a half. They might win the game. They've already won one game on Celtic on the Celtics' home court. Boston's won two games in Miami. Boston's won two road games in every postseason series so far this year. But the Celtics also in the last few se- last several seasons, I'll say, last 10 years, have a, a habit of losing 3-2 leads in the conference finals. Now, usually it's to LeBron. Usually it's to LeBron James. Twice to the Cavaliers. They had 3-2 leads in the finals, lost, uh, or once, once was with Miami. They had a 3-2 lead, and once with uh, Cleveland, and lost the series. I know they're older. I know they're wiser. I know they're better defensively. They're better offensively. But it's in the back of your mind. Jalen Brown and and Jason Tatum, they remember that Cleveland series. They remember being up three games to two on the Cavs and not being able to close out LeBron. It's just there in the back of your mind. Would I be shocked if Miami won this game tonight? No. Would I be surprised? Yes. I wouldn't be shocked because it's the NBA, and with the three-pointers and the way everybody shoots them, anybody can stay in any game on any given night. So it's not over. The Celtics haven't been to the finals since 2010. They've been close, but they haven't gotten there. Jimmy Butler has averaged 9.5 points over the last two games. Now, he's banged up, but he's got to score 30 tonight. He's got to put up a big number tonight. I think he will. I don't know if it'll be enough. So there's my there's my pick. I gave you a winner last night. I'm going to go with Miami in the eight and a half tonight. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. Uh, was the Colin Kaepernick workout strictly theater for the Las Vegas Raiders? We'll talk about that and look at some uh, game times from college football coming up this fall. You're listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back, Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Eminem Cartage hotline is open, 384-1450 to join in on the conversation, 502-384-1450. Thorns text line open as well, 502-414-1450. Download Thorns Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. That's the Thorns Refreshing Rewards app. And hit me up on the Thorns text line at 502-414-1450. Tired of buying expensive sunglasses only to lose or break them, or worse, you never even wear them because you don't want them to get dirty? 
Well, you don't need them today. I'll tell you that. I don't know when it's going to I think I saw a guy on an ark going down the street with a couple of animals. Uh, it, it's, it's still raining. But it's supposed to be a beautiful weekend. So get your Shady Rays now at ShadyRays.com. It's an independent American-owned company. Started right here in Kentucky. Uh, the Ratterman family. Uh, Danny, I, uh, I think Danny's getting married here really soon. Don't do it, Dan. But anyway, uh, Dan Ratterman, uh, one of the owners of the company, good dude. And uh, look, if you break them, if you order a pair and you get them and you break them or you lose them, they'll give you a free pair. Now, where are you going to get that? It's, uh, they've got the best combination of fit, style, performance, not a big brand price tag. I've got three pairs myself. I mentioned this. Uh, my wife has a pair. I love them. I've got one pair in each car and, a, and an extra pair at home. I love my Shady Rays. Going to the lake, um, I think, Monday, Sunday or Sunday and or Monday. Um, maybe I lose them. Maybe I, yeah, Joe, don't jump in the lake with your Shady Rays on. But if you do and they go to the bottom of the lake, they'll replace them for you. Even if it's your fault, they'll replace them for you. So ShadyRays.com. Um, one thing I also love, they provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order. They've donated over 20 million meals so far. Uh, exclusively for the WXVW listener, Shady Rays offering 25% off so you can try them out, see what they're all about. Use code BIGX at checkout, 25% off all shades. That's at ShadyRays.com. Texter says, uh, I know it's a different era. I want to read this correctly. I understand entirely different times, etc. How would the great 80s Celtics and Lakers team match up with the elite of today? Well, the great thing about the Celtics and the Warriors is they're great teams. This is not an individual effort. Last year, Milwaukee had Giannis, and Giannis led them to the title. They got help from Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday. Sure, you can't do it by yourself. But that was a team that focused on one player. Warriors don't do that. It might be Curry one night. It might be Wiggins. It might be Klay Thompson. It might even be Draymond Green. Celtics, same thing. Jalen Brown will have a great night. Jason Tatum will have a great night. Al Horford will have a great night. Marcus Smart will have a great night. Those Lakers-Celtics teams were built that way. Yes, they had Hall of Famers. Yes, they had superstars. Magic Johnson. But he had Kareem. He had James Worthy. He had Kurt Rambis in a role. He had a bunch of other guys helping him out. Larry Bird, Hall of Famer, top 10 player ever in the NBA. But he had Kevin McHale. He had Robert Parrish. He had Dennis Johnson. I think they would compete. They would compete. They would probably win. Those were great teams. The Pistons of the late 80s, early 90s, with Lane Beer and Isaiah and Vinnie Johnson, Rick Mahorn, Dennis Rodman, they would compete. I mean, it's hard to compare eras. It's very difficult to compare eras. We had the uh, ESPN argument between Chris Russo and J.J. Redick a couple of weeks ago in which, you know, Russo brought up Bob Cousy, and J.J. Redick said Bob Cousy was playing against plumbers and firemen. That's why he was great. Well, no, he was great because he was great. You can't fault Bob Cousy for the era he played in no more than you can say Wilt Chamberlain wouldn't dominate today because there are better defensive players. They have better defensive schemes. 
Well, Chamberlain could only play against who he played against. Right? Would Michael Jordan dominate today? Sure. Would LeBron have dominated 20 years ago? Yes, absolutely. Would Bill Russell dominate defensively today? Maybe. We'll never know. We'll never know. How good would Larry Bird be today? I think he'd be pretty darn good. But we'll never really know. Because the game is different. The game evolves as well. What is a flagrant two foul now? Back in 1987, when Michael Jordan came down the lane and Bill Lane Bear took him out, it was a common foul. Two shots, Mike. Get up. You're okay. Bill Lane Beer today would be kicked out of that game and suspended probably for a couple of games. Different sport, different way the game is played. All right, uh, NFL news. First of all, Lamar Jackson has uh, become a bit of a focus here in Baltimore because he hasn't reported for OTAs. He didn't show up. Now, Kyler Murray did this uh, with Arizona, but everybody kind of expected it. Kyler Murray's complaining. He wants a new contract. He's just not going to show up. These are organized team activities. That's OTA. I had to look it up to see what it meant. And it's not mandatory, right? It's not. It's voluntary OTAs. Certain players are expected to show up, even though it's voluntary. Certain players are encouraged to be there. And when John Harbaugh, the head coach of the Ravens, was asked, why is Lamar Jackson not at OTAs, his response, and it was a terse response, was, you're going to have to ask Lamar Jackson. So clearly, John Harbaugh either expected Lamar Jackson to be at OTAs or wanted Lamar Jackson to be OTAs, even though he knew he wasn't going to be. One of those two things is true. He was not happy in his response. Lamar Jackson's response was, they're voluntary. I'm working out with my personal trainer. I'm good. But there is a message here. When, when the Ravens traded Hollywood Brown, and Hollywood Brown said he wanted to be traded so that he could go play and catch a lot more passes. That was a direct shot at a guy who was supposed to be his friend, Lamar Jackson. That was a direct shot at Lamar. He doesn't throw the deep ball well. That's what he said without saying it. He doesn't throw it enough. He scrambles out of the pocket, doesn't stay in the pocket long enough to throw more passes in the game. He wants to run first. That's what was implied by Hollywood Brown, Marquise Hollywood Brown, who's a terrific receiver and had some big catches for the Ravens over the last several years. But he wanted out because he thought, I can get a better quarterback and I can get more catches, a guy that's going to stay in the pocket longer, a guy that's going to throw more passes in the game. He's not going to just take off running as soon as the pressure gets close to him. So keep an eye on this story. Lamar Jackson's got a lot to prove this year. He's former MVP, right? Last pick of the first round by the Ravens. Nobody gave him much of a chance to be a star quarterback in the NFL. He proved them all wrong by winning an MVP. But now it's a different challenge. He has got to prove that he is a good pass thrower, that he is a quality pass thrower. 
And when you hear top receivers wanting out because they're not getting the ball enough, there's a couple of things at play here. Top receivers want their contracts. That's the that's number one. More catches, more money. And the other message is this is not a quarterback that's going to throw the ball accurately enough or enough times in a game to keep the receiving core happy. Just keep an eye on it. I'm really I was really close as I was looking at the NFL this year as, as picking Baltimore to go to the uh, Super Bowl. I'm backing off of that in a hurry. I'm backing off of that quickly now. Everybody needs to be on the same page, and it's certainly from the coach to the quarterback to the receivers doesn't sound like anybody's on the same page. All right, uh, Colin Kaepernick worked out with the Raiders two days ago. I don't know what this is about. Now, Al Davis would do anything. Al Davis had the first Latino coach. He had the first African-American coach uh, in, in Raiders history with Art Shell. He signed some players nobody else would sign. He, he did different things when he was alive. And his son, Mark Davis, now owns the team. Maybe he's doing it for all the right reasons. But the Raiders have just re-signed Derek Carr. He's their starter. They traded for Jarrett Stidham from New England. Josh McDaniel, former Patriots offense coordinator, now the head coach of the Raiders, traded for Jarrett Stidham. He knows what he's getting, or he wouldn't have traded for Jarrett Stidham. And they've got Nick Mullins as another quarterback in the fold who has had quality games when he played for the 49ers. So I don't know where Colin Kaepernick would even fit in on this roster. He's not going to be happy to be a third-string quarterback. At best, he would be the second string. You would have to get rid of probably Nick Mullins, keep the younger Stidham in a third-string quarterback spot. I think this is theater. And is part of this got to do with John Gruden's lawsuit against the NFL and against the Las Vegas Raiders for wrongful termination, for leaking out those emails that put Gruden in such a bad light. The arbitrator said, no, we're not going to drop this case. The NFL asked for the case to be dropped. Nope, not going to be dropped. A few days later, Colin Kaepernick's working out for the Raiders. It's very interesting timing. And you know, maybe Kaepernick gets a job somewhere else. I just don't see where he fits in with the Raiders. There's just not a spot here. The Raiders, in their history, have been known to do things just to upset the league. Remember, Colin Kaepernick was blackballed. There's no other way to say it. There's no other way to say it. Teams, owners, were told or decided on their own, we're not going to give this guy a shot. Just not going to give him a shot. He knelt during the National Anthem. That's it. We're not giving him a shot. There was collusion here. Remember when baseball got in trouble for collusion? This was collusion as well. We're not giving this guy a shot because he stood up for social injustices, and we as a bunch of old white men owners are not going to give him a chance. And maybe they even got an, you know, unwritten suggestion from the league office to say, don't give him a shot. He hurt our game. We got to punish this guy. Now, the Al Davis used to have run-ins with Paul Tagliabue and with Pete Rozelle when they were commissioner. 
on a daily basis, lawsuits against the NFL by Al Davis. This is Raider Playbook 101. Let's upset the NFL. And maybe that's all they're trying to do here. Uh, I do want to say congratulations to Kenny Klein, outgoing UofL Sports Information Director. This happened quickly, and it should have happened quickly. The COSIDA, which is the College Sports Information Directors Association, is giving Kenny Klein a Lifetime Achievement Award. He's barely out of the building. This is basically first ballot Hall of Famer. And nobody could deserve it more. Nobody could deserve it. Nobody gets this award that quickly, by the way. I mean, he is, his retirement paper, the ink is still not dry. But the Cosita found it wisely, I believe, in their interest to give Kenny a Lifetime Achievement Award. I will say this. I've dealt with a bunch of SIDs, a bunch of athletic directors trying to get media credentials, a bunch of uh, you know people that were in charge of that kind of thing. There's nobody that would do more for you than Kenny Klein. That is a job. That, this is like going to be like replacing John Wooden at UCLA. Whoever takes that job on, good luck. Good luck. Because there was nobody better at it and nobody nicer at it than Kenny Klein. I'll tell one quick story. First year I did this, I put in for a press credential for the Louisville, North Carolina game. Basketball. I got an email from Kenny saying, look, we got a bunch of scouts coming for this game. I just don't have room. I apologize, but I don't have room. I emailed him back. I appreciate you. Thank you for uh, letting me know. If anything comes available, that'd be great, but I understand. Completely understand. He emailed me back and said, anything comes available, I'll let you know. I thought that was it. There's no reason for him to worry about that. He's got a full plate of things to worry about. Day of the game. I get an email. Hey, got a spot for you. Your uh, pass will be at the pass game. He didn't have to do that. He didn't even know who I was at that at that time. No idea. I was, um, you know, a speck or a bug on the bottom of a shoe in this uh, industry. He had no idea who I was. Didn't matter. If he had not gotten me a credential, I would have not thought another thing about it. The last thing I left it was, thanks, we appreciate it, maybe see you next game. He went out of his way to help people. That's what he did, and that's why he was the best. And that's why that job is going to be really hard to fill. Because whoever takes this job is going to hear these words quite a bit. Kenny never did it that way. Kenny didn't do it that way. Kenny always took care of it. Ooh, that's going to be a tough job. All right, we'll look at uh, some game times and networks for upcoming college football early season games uh, coming up in September. Also, I'll look back at some of the baseball movies I didn't mention yesterday. I got a lot of grief for not mentioning. You're listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. 
Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Final segment of the week. Eminem Cartage hotline still open. 384-1450 to join in on the conversation. Thornton's text line is open as well. Get your last minute text into the show at 502-414-1450. Texter says, uh, are you still big on the Dodgers winning the World Series? Also, if you had to predict today, do you see an L.A. Yankees World Series? Uh, I am still big on the Dodgers. When your manager comes out at the beginning of the year and says, we're going to win the World Series, maybe you listen a little bit. Maybe you listen. They beat Arizona last night. Um, I think it was 106 to 4. I don't know. 14 to 1. The Dodgers beat Arizona last night. They're 30 and 14. They got the best record in the National League. Yankees had the best record in baseball, 32 and 13. I picked the Dodgers and the Angels to go to the World Series in uh, my preseason picks. Angels are 27-19. They're two and a half games behind Houston, who's been hot lately. Uh, I still am going to stick with my prediction. But when I watch the Yankees, and I watch the Yankees a lot, that lineup is unbelievable. And they've gotten pitching that you kind of didn't expect them to get. Everybody expected Garrett Cole to be great. But Nestor Cortez, who pitched last night, has been unbelievable. Um, Montgomery has been really good. Uh, Chapman is on the injured list now, so they've had to go to other relievers. Well, those other relievers, uh, Chapman was bad when he pitched. Those other relievers are good, really good. Um, and, you know, the lot, they traded Urshela and they traded uh, Gary Sanchez. They got a little committee at catcher. Yankees are good. Dodgers, Yankees right now, favorites, obviously, to go to the World Series. I'm going to stick with my Los Angeles, California, Anaheim Angels of Anaheim. So, Texter says, been out of town for a while. You made a good point about comparing eras, but winners are winners. Major League top my baseball movie list. We'll call soon. That is uh, my buddy Buzz Frank. I wondered what happened to Buzz. I was hoping nothing you know, unsavory. All right, uh, before I get to those baseball movies that I left off the list yesterday that everybody gave me grief about, game times are out now for some of the early season college football. We'll start with Louisville. They open with two road games at Syracuse on Saturday, September 3rd. That is going to be 8 o'clock on the ACC Network, a conference game to open up. Their next two games are on Friday nights, uh, which is great for exposure for the program, horrible for high school football in the area. At Central Florida on Friday the 9th of September, that's going to be 7.30 ESPN2. And then Florida State at home, home opener, September 16th, Friday night, 7 o'clock ESPN. That sounds like a fun one right there. Hopefully you're 2-0. and Now that's a... I think that's a big ask for this team to win two road games to start the season. Um, at this point, I think if you're a Louisville fan, you hope you're not 0-2. That's all. That's all. Give me 1-1 one one going into the home opener against the Seminoles. I'm fine with that. Kentucky will open against Miami of Ohio at home on uh, Saturday the 3rd of September, 7 o'clock. That is on ESPN+, Plus, which I don't have, at least yet. And the SEC Plus. 
Cats will be at Florida the following Saturday, 7 o'clock ESPN. And then Youngstown State comes to Lexington on the 17th at a, for a noon game on the SEC Network. Love those noon games on the SEC Network. Indiana football opens at home against Illinois on a Friday night, September 2nd, 8 o'clock on Fox Sports 1. The next uh, two are also at home. Idaho on September 10th, 8 o'clock night game in Bloomington on the Big Ten Network. And then Western Kentucky goes to Bloomington on September 17th. The Hilltoppers and Hoosiers will kick it off at noon also on Big Ten Network. Interesting, I guess, sad really, um, UK football news today. Uh, How Mummy was arrested last night, the former UK coach. And he wouldn't leave the Hyatt Regency in downtown Lexington. Um, he refused to leave. Apparently, he ran up a bar bill, didn't pay. There was an argument. Police were called in. He wouldn't leave the facility. The citation actually says, uh, let me read this here. The listed subject, that is mummy, knowingly remained unlawfully in a building. Officers asked and told the subject to leave the building multiple times, but the subject refused to leave. The subject attempted to prevent a peace officer recognized to be acting under color of his official authority from effecting an arrest of the actor by using physical force and violence against the peace officer. So there's the citation. Uh, He was due in court today. Sad news, uh, former Kentucky coach Hal Mummy arrested in downtown Lexington. The other news today, and it, uh, I give credit where it's due here, Matt Jones, Kentucky Sports Radio, uh, broke it this morning. Chris Rodriguez may be suspended, and this has not necessarily has to do with his DUI arrest from a few weeks back. There is another incident or occurrence or factor that may lead to Chris Rodriguez missing at least the first few games, which would include that game down in Gainesville against Florida. That would not be good for this team. They've, yeah, they've got Jutan McClain, they've got Cavassier Smoke, but Chris Rodriguez is the dude. I think we all know he's the dude. So a couple of bad news items coming out of Lexington this morning. All right, some of the movies that were left off yesterday's show doesn't mean they didn't get votes. It means I've only got a certain amount of time to get all these movies in, right? That's what it means. Um, Bad News Bears, Walter Matthau, got fewer than 10 votes. I love that movie. It was one of my top three. You could not make that movie today. I said it yesterday. There are certain words in that movie and certain... uh, characterizations that you could not pull off today. It's kind of like Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles is a movie that you could not make today. So politically incorrect, it's it would be criminal today, and that's, what the, that's where the Bad News Bears is. The funny thing is, uh, the Bad News Bears, the kids had all the funny lines. Inappropriate, yes. Hilarious, yes. Even funnier because they were coming out of the mouths of babes? Absolutely. Um, love that movie. Didn't get a lot of run. The Rookie, Dennis Quaid, a true story about a pitcher who uh, hurt his arm, went to be a high school coach, went to a tryout on a dare from his high school team, and ended up pitching in the major leagues for the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Um, all right, um, Eight Men Out, 
Charlie Sheen, the, the White Sox scandal. Charlie Sheen in that one, fantastic movie. Uh, again, based on a true story. I always say based on a true story because none of these movies are ever the true story. But that's a great movie. Kind of depressing. The 1919 Chicago Black Sox um, cheating scandal. Bingo Long and his traveling all-stars. A local TV slash media personality, I'll say, sports personality, picked that as his number three baseball movie of all time. I don't know if he was punking me. I don't know if he was joking about it. Said, let's put in a silly movie here just to have a little fun. Maybe so. But uh, there it is. My wife gave me grief because Fever Pitch wasn't on there. Now, I love the movie Fever Pitch. It's a romantic comedy, Jimmy Fallon, Drew Barrymore. And it takes place during the Boston Red Sox season in which at the end of that season, they beat the Yankees, came back from a 3-0 deficit, beat the Yankees in the American League Championship Series, went on to win their first World Series in forever, 2004. That's when the movie is set. And it's more of a rom-com than a baseball movie, although baseball has a major theme in this film. It's a funny movie. Jimmy Fallon, you think of him as the uh, TV host, he's funny in this movie. His friends are funny in this movie. Drew Barrymore's great, and I love the movie. So I'm sorry to my wife for not bringing it up. I got a lot of votes, not a lot of votes, but I got a few votes for Angels in the Outfield. I didn't like that movie. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Danny Glover, uh, Rookie of the Year. That seems like another, like Angels in the Outfield. Seems like a kid's movie. A young young man who, uh, a kid who decides, you know, there's an accident and has, all of a sudden he can throw a 110-mile-an-hour fastball and the Cubs sign him. Gary Busey's in that one. For love of the game, I think it's sappy. It's one of those sappy movies I talked about yesterday, like The Natural and Field of Dreams, For Love of the Game. Kevin Costner, his, uh, I guess his third baseball movie. John C. Riley as his catcher is great. But Costner's an aging pitcher on his last leg there, and it's more about his relationship with his uh, former lady than it is about baseball. But, you know, I guess technically it's a baseball movie. And I've seen it. It's okay. I'm an easy judge of movies. Tony Burke gave me grief yesterday because he said I, I didn't like Field of Dreams. I love Field of Dreams. All I said was it's an un, a movie that you have to suspend reality. It's not a believable film. It's a, I've seen it 10 times. It's a great movie. I love everything about that movie. I just didn't put it in my top three of all-time favorite baseball movies. Because there's not a whole lot of reality there. <laughs> if you build it, yeah, he will come. All right, Bats Baseball tonight, right here on the Big X, 7.05 first pitch, 6.35 pregame. Double dip tomorrow night after the rain out last night. Uh, so you can listen to a lot of Bats Baseball. By the way, Texer said, I picked up some Shady Rays last fall. I used the a uh, code, and I really feel good about it. Yep, get your Shady Rays, folks. ShadyRays.com. I'm off Monday, high school baseball in southern Indiana. Tournament play continues. 
I will talk to you Tuesday. Thanks for listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X.